It has been a significant week in history, one I don't think we'll forget for many, many years. However, Disney announced a whole bunch of new things, both good and bad, at D23. Oh, and uh, this just in, Janine. Pinocchio sucks. Apparently it does. Welcome to the madness. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome back to Monday Madness with Morgan and the Machine. What a crazy week, Janine. Yes. You like my uh, RKO radio pictures? Uh... I did. <laughs> RKO radio pictures presents Monday Madness. <laughs> <laughs> it is exactly what RKO Radio Pictures does. We love RKO Radio Pictures. You'll have to forgive my voice. I think I've got a bit of a sore throat for the past couple of days, but I'll uh, push on through. It's not too bad, but it might be a bit uh, hoarse and raspy. Oh, well, I'll probably be sounding not so great either as this weather... As you can see, I'm not in my usual space. No. Because... Fun, exciting things for Janine, of which we will get into. <laughs> but yes, we the weather into. where I am at is ridiculous. It is completely hot, and then it just rained all evening. <laughs> bizarre. bizarre. Yes. Weather's bizarre. The world's ending. Craziness is happening. Um, it's going to be a... A Disney and horror-filled episode today, I think, isn't it? I think that's an interesting combination. It is an interesting <laughs> combination. Um, and you would think that Pinocchio falls into that category pretty well. But apparently not, Janine. Apparently not. We'll get into all that. Because I suppose the we would be silly to not discuss a little bit of the incredibly significant news we got this past week, which was that Queen Elizabeth passed away at 96 years old, which has prompted Twitter to burn Yeah, and what's, again, what's, what's happening over there? How's... <laughs> I'll be honest with you, it, it feels quite surreal in a, in a weird way. And look, I, I'm not a huge royalist or anything like that, nor am I a huge anarchist, you know? I, yeah. They are there, and they do some terrible things, generally. But it's just um, weird that they're not there, because they're always just there, you know? I, well, exactly. There. Exactly, it is. But it's kind of the whole country really more so than individual to individual just the kind of country has turned very somber yeah. in the past kind of few days um because it was thursday when she passed away or and and like there was you know there's been nothing but kind of rolling news on and all that we gotta we have a new king now, yeah, you know, King weird. Charles III, um, who gave a speech on Friday evening, you know, to, to the nation or to the nation, to the world. Um, 
that I did kind of, I, I actually, I got a notification on, on my phone and stopped what I was watching and kind of turned over and, and put that on. Just because, you know, I, it's not, you're not going to see these kind of things again. I'm, I, I, I feel the kind of heaviness of what's going on from a historical point. Obviously, I won't forget yeah. what I was doing when I found out she died because I was driving to watch United play football, yeah. which did, you know, continue to go ahead. However, there was no football this weekend. I don't think there's going to be any next weekend, um, which is weird because all the other sports are doing. It's been left up to like individual governing bodies and businesses on, on what oh, they wow. do. Okay. It's really like a thing. I don't think television's allowed to like program comedy shows or anything like that yeah, until you say seven days like, after the funeral. It's it's really. Did you say something about 12 days of mourning or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's national. We're in a national mourning period. Oh, goodness. That's why I'm wearing dark clothes. It's not oh. really. I'm just wearing <laughs> dark clothes because I am wearing dark clothes. But no, it's really. Uh, it is really strange. It is really strange. Yeah. Um, it's weird as well because when when the news came in and I was driving to 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 watch football, it was I was driving with both my dad and my brother, and it was actually the first time we'd ever been to to Old Trafford to a United game, mm -hmm. a competitive United game. All three of us, because we've only ever had two season tickets. We've been season ticket holders for years. Yeah. But we've only ever had two, and we've kind of shared and swapped and changed who goes. Yeah. But because of some weird rule with the uh, European games, because it was a European game, um, you can kind of opt out of certain competitions and things like that. And my brother ended up getting a ticket that was for the seat literally in front of us. <laughs> Are you serious? Because <laughs> yeah, you have your like reserved seats. Yeah, you. yeah. We've had for we've had for years. You know, I've yeah. been I've been going for fifteen years. My dad's been going for twenty five years. Yeah, it's it's insane. But so it was actually the first game. That's funny <laughs> that the that all three of us were together yeah. attended together was the day of the Queen's death. Yeah, so it's definitely really weird. Something to like to help, like to make you really kind of remember that, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and my sign says history is here because that is a massively a significant yeah. piece also of history. You know, seventy years. That, yeah, she lived through so many like world-changing events, and yeah, it's crazy. Ninety-six years. How old, much the world changed? Yeah. Um, as as queen, and you know whether you. Whether, whether you are like the monarchy, whether you hate the monarchy, whether you are kind of like me and like it from a historical point of view, not necessarily from a monetary point of view. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I like old castles and things and without people like this, you don't have that level of history. And I, yeah. I, I so I, I like it from from that point of view but they are shady people sometimes yeah. we, we can't avoid that definitely um 
so think what you will i don't want to have any arguments with people i'm in no position to have any arguments with people because i don't really feel too strongly either way but definitely worth it is significant it is significant yeah. for everybody mm -hmm. yeah and yeah king charles the third now wow that's so, so crazy it's crazy to he, i mean he's 73 so i don't think we've got overly long time left of <laughs> him <laughs> of him before it'll be uh william william yeah so but yeah it's 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 uh, a little bit crazy and everything kind of stopped whether you are into you know the, the the royals or not and i always think that americans are far more into the british royal family than british people are anyway yeah from from news reasons and that kind of stuff because it's just fascinating like we don't have that kind of concept so it's just like what do these no. people even do like what nothing that's the point that, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the problem that's that's why people have a problem they don't, <laughs> you know they don't seem to do much yeah they are very much figureheads that take a lot of money yeah because and... well, yeah i mean I, my uk family had a very similar reaction to yours they were just like oh no no there's no one to like, drive no, around that, drive around in the gold carriages and then yeah. wear the jewels yeah but like people are really serious about it people people love it yeah. people absolutely love it there was there was these television pictures of people stood outside buckingham palace when when obviously charles came back um Downey's shaking hands with absolutely everybody. Oh Everybody's like kissing his hands and things yeah. like this. And it's all a bit intense, really. Yeah. But the fact is, we are now in, in King Charles III's time. Time, okay. In his reign. But his coronation won't be until next year because you're not allowed to have it in the same year. Okay. So, it, it, you know, because it'll be like Elizabeth um, will be what 1953 to 2022 yeah charles will have to be 2023 okay so if charles dies in the next year i mean i don't know what <laughs> he's, he's not gonna make it, yeah. I, i've no idea it's all gonna be because he won't have officially been yeah anything. Coronated. yeah weird anyway that happened that happened didn't it history is here. you know i'm not i'm not here crying or anything like that it didn't hit me as hard as sydney poitier's death did earlier this year i know Let's just say that yeah but it's significant it's very very significant but yes to 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 switch the tone entirely now janine i think your ears tell the story of what the what's up's going to be mainly focused on yes uh d23 was this past weekend um as of recording this it is still happening and i am here i am there i was there <laughs> yeah so we haven't heard any marvel stuff so calm down everyone yes which i am actually going to be there so oh. i you know so so you know we're not gonna have any scoops i'll, I'll no. give you the yeah we can just discuss it when everyone else finds out but i will know before everyone else well, you could uh, there. <laughs> you could do the instant reaction on Twitter and all this business that, that I mean I could people do I could do I could do the things but yeah so I will be doing that um, this weekend and I'm very okay. excited so um, yeah so sorry 
you don't have any Marvel news. You'll get it as you know as it comes. No, but we have Disney Studios. Yes. News. So as of right now, of the recording of this, this is the first day of D twenty three that I went to. So, um, yeah, we got some new movies: uh, Inside Out two. Um, haunted Mansion. Janine's not looking forward to Inside Out too. Janine hates I mean, Inside I've come Out. around onto like not hating it, but no, still, you haven't. No, I I don't hate it, but it is very just, and I like people think I don't like it because I don't understand like what it's trying to do, but it is just very terrible to watch how it's illustrated with sadness, just touching everything and torturing this little girl. Like it just. I, can't. It's accurate, Janine. It, yes. See, don't be those people. I just said that. I am being those people. I, I just am. said I understand. I, I understand the concept. You don't need to explain it to me. But seeing it illustrated like that is just annoying. Phil is touching everything and torturing this little girl. But I get that, that that's how emotions work. Like, you have no control over when you're sad and when you're happy and blah, blah, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. It just I looks don't mind like, the idea. you know, yes, but it's just a whole hour of sadness being annoying. <laughs> just, I can't, <laughs> I can't stand it. But yes, the concept, I think it's a great concept overall. You know, I don't hate the movie. It's just very, that whole first hour is just very <laughs> infuriating. Yes, and it, of course, <laughs> that does make total sense. And I don't hate the idea of, of Inside Out 2, really. I mean, I know Pixar, Pixar is in a weird place these days because you don't know whether it's a theatrical movie a disney plus movie um you don't know what's a real pixar movie anymore yeah. and what's kind of a is this a real movie are streaming movies real movies the debate i a little bit stand with scorsese when it comes to that and say put it in the cinema or i don't consider yeah. it a real movie well um I guess I think I want to say the Disenchanted, the Enchanted sequel. Oh yeah, we also like got it's, that. It's, it's said I think it said it's just going to be streaming, coming to streaming. So, you know what I mean, I just feel like movies get lost when they go on to streaming. Yeah, I mean quickly. there was de there was definitely a reason for streaming because you know COVID and theaters and all of, of course. that. But you know people are back at the movies. Movies are doing well. Theaters are thriving again. So. You know, I, I I do I don't mind the dual concept like the releasing in theaters and at home, but I also I think the best bet is probably to, you know, release it in theaters and then you know have a you can have a quicker turnaround than we used to have getting it on streaming. Yeah, because I mean that's what we've seen really, anyway, isn't it? I mean, look at yeah, you know, particularly with Disney Plus and. I'm just going off kind of the, like the, the MCU stuff. Peacock, that's kind of Peacock's thing. Oh, okay. They, like, they're the ones who did the Halloween Kills day of in theater or at home. Ah, okay. Uh, no, I like Black, that. I like Black that. Phone, I mean, like, the... The Black Phone was in theaters for, like, a decent run, like, a couple weeks, and then it was on... It was... Then they put ah. it on Peacock while it was still in theaters. Ah, same okay. with Scream. Same with Scream 5. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. I don't mind that because then if you, you get the choice, then give me the choice. Yeah, the like choices. Prey was an yeah, excellent like that. movie that definitely deserved a theatrical release, and so the fact that they just put it on Hulu. Yeah. You know, it, and and the fact that it was kind of important in terms of representation. Um, yeah. 
But fortunately, I think with Pre, it got that much good press that it didn't get lost. But yes. countless others have that are probably yeah. as good as Pre. So many movies you know? with big actors and like we've never even seen it or heard of it because it just gets filed away with billions of things that get streamed. So yeah, yeah I think I saw the trailer for the new Disenchanted and I think, you know, it looks fun and um, seems I mean, like... I have no concept of Enchanted. Yes, because, so. yes. So definitely going to find a way to work that into a Morgan Hasn't Seen series. So if you guys have any ideas, maybe Disney live action or something. I know it's the um, it's the Amy Adams princess movie. Yes. Which is, it's, it's but But it's a really kind of meta kind of fun yeah look at it so um yeah definitely gonna try to find a way to work that into a morgan hasn't seen series but yeah i really loved enchanted i think we were really you know excited to see these characters again so i think it'll do well on streaming um well but i think, I think is with i suppose disney i suppose disney plus is uh i don't know i don't know straight these the straight to streaming i just feel for movies it needs you need to still push it you need to still advertise it market yeah. it and so, i just yeah. feel like it's maybe it's just me and maybe it's just what i look at but it seems more obvious to me when a movie's coming out in the cinema than when it's coming out on streaming like i'm never quite sure when a streaming movie is coming out like we just like we said in the the intro Pinocchio was out and like didn't last week we talk about the trailer for Pinocchio like yeah why is that such a yeah, quick I didn't turnaround even know if it was gonna, that it was I, gonna be I assumed that yeah. was gonna be like a November movie or something like that yeah no why is it out the week after that just seems a little bit weird to me and yeah forgive me but isn't that gonna be the same thing with the the glass onion the knives out movie isn't that like coming like yeah really i think it's just going yeah i think it's going straight to netflix fairly soon after this trailer just came out that's what which, i mean like um, this is the first thing we've really seen of it like give it like a couple of months this is what trailers do it isn't up. it yeah i'm a bit i'm a bit I, I just get a bit weirded out by straight to streaming marketing strategy Almost yeah. with with the movies, with the TV, it's fine because the TV's TV and it's that's where TV is. You don't yeah, go but if you're out doing to a movie TV. and it's a movie that looks like it has a hefty budget behind it, like a movie that you would see in a theater, but you're releasing it straight to streaming. You still need to. I still think give it, it the pomp and circumstance exactly. as a theater. If you're putting that budget behind it, the actors, big names, and all of that promote it it's gonna hype up your streaming service it's gonna hype up attention it's gonna hype up anticipation so it should yeah, still be treated as a cinema going movie because you're still wanting people to watch that movie and and people aren't you know not as many people are going to have seen marketing if the marketing's out for a two weeks or 10 days before the movie comes out rather than if it's two months yeah it's just it's strange to me but i'm sure disenchanted will be a, a, a fine sequel yeah, to, to enchanted i know a lot of people do love enchanted and as far as inside out 2 goes i know there's loads of other things like i saw there was a mufasa movie i mean yeah. way to milk your product i know you know 
why do we need these kind of things? And then a Snow White know. live action is coming. Oh, um, no. We've had a Snow yeah. White live action. It was called Snow White and the Huntsman. It was we had weird, two in the same was... year. We had exactly. the twin movie situation. It was Mirror Mirror. And mirror, then mirror, also yes. it's called Mirror Mirror, but then like now it's like yeah, the Mandela yeah. effect coming back. Yes, People realizing it was never Mirror Mirror. Never it was mirror, Magic Mirror. mirror. <laughs> um, so well, it's funny. I always I liked the idea of the Snow White and the Huntsman kind of thing. It I had a. I never it saw a, it. I never saw it, but no, I like the idea it, of it because it changed up things. It was Snow White, but it was undisneyfied. It had a good idea. It had a good concept. It 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 failed at the execution, but Charlize saves it. She's a great evil queen, and she's kind of like the the saving grace of that movie. Well, I mean, whether it failed or not, it tried something different. Yeah. What is Disney's live action Snow White gonna do? The exact same boring goddamn thing. And then they're the gonna they're gonna movement. pad the plot with ridiculous things that it doesn't need. That's just gonna Beauty and so, the Beast all over again. Ugh. Which is which like has me very scared for Little Mermaid. Like casting right. amazing. Casting great. Um, Which we got a trailer for, didn't we? A little trailer yes, for Little Mermaid. And people who were in that panel got to see the whole part of your world sequence. Like that oh. whole scene. Yes, from beginning to end. So, um, but the little bit we saw, you know, great vocals, of course. Halle Bailey's great. Um, I mean, even just the undersea, all of that looks very kind of realistic. And the mermaid effects, I think, look good from what we saw. So you I'm excited. I'm I'm optimistic about it, but I'm yeah, you have to be. You have to be optimistic. And I think there's look there's there's some of the Disney live action movies that you can be optimistic about, and I just think there's some that you just can't because there's some that just work too heavily fantasized kind of. Uh, oh, aesthetics. Yeah. And there's some that you can make look a little bit more realistic. I think Little Mermaid, because it's underwater, you can make it look as beautiful as the real life ocean. You yeah. can. That's fine. It looks fine. You've got a mermaid there. As long as you've got a, a good Ursula, and I mean, I'm still not convinced, but... Not that we see Ursula in this little trailer anyway. No, but I like Melissa McCarthy. Like, I... Sh any kind of thing she does, even in a villainous way, it's still kind of silly. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know that she can bring the evil sassiness. She might bring, like, an evil kind of silliness and, and you know, sarcasm kind of but thing. But I don't... I, I wouldn't want that, and I know I didn't see this movie either, but I wouldn't want Melissa McCarthy's Ursula to look like will smith's genie genie yeah you know and i just feel like it's it's kind of probably going to and because the rest of aladdin to me seemed to look like okay this this looks fine oh god what's that cg monstrosity yeah and i mean the they fixed it, it a little fine. bit after they kind of tried to sonic it a little bit after that trailer but it still right. looked weird and just in general, I just did not have fun with that movie. Like, I watched it one time. It was fine. You know, also just kind of with 
the casting of Jasmine, I wish they would have, you know, found an Arab Middle Eastern actress that, yes. you know, because Jasmine is kind of a representation of a darker skinned looking because, you know, colorism is like a huge thing in media. And she was a darker skinned princess. Yeah. So when you're casting a half Indian, half British woman with, yeah. you know, with white passing features, that's very kind of disappointing when you could have given a beautiful, dark-skinned yes. woman, you know, yes. because your Aladdin is not some famous actor. No, so he you, was just... Yeah, so while she she has a, a little bit of a bigger name than him, but if you're casting... She didn't need to, she didn't need yeah. to. He's the she title character, and he was somebody kind of unknown. Yeah. So, you know, so that was, that's just something also that was a little bit disappointing about that movie. Yes, um... But I mean, y you can be optimistic about the Little Mermaid. I just think it's it's probably going to be a situation of oh, this looks all very nice, and then oh god, what's that CG monstrosity? And then you go back to oh, this looks nice. Uh, who's directing that one again? I don't remember. Little Mermaid. Oh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. But there's. You, we've spoken about, I'm sure we, we spoke about the Disney live action last week, didn't we? Or we spoke about them last week. Um, they, they're, they're strange things to me. They are... Oh, Rob Marshall, who did um, Chicago and... Okay. Okay. Um, actor, so... But they're, they're, they're weird things. They do... I hate them from a business point. Because I just feel like you boring, boring bunch of people. <laughs> you yeah. know, I just feel, oh my God, please stop milking what you've already done. Please. I know, just come please up with something Please stop milking new. what you've already done and making like, it objectively worse. Like What's something, the point? Like uh, creating something like Turning Red, completely original, right. playing on nostalgia, so much fun, funny, like... You know, I know that's Pixar, but still, like, that's... A great under... movie. Yes, but and an original story, an original idea. Like, Zootopia. Like, you can right? come up with original, smart concepts that, you know, even can have this underlying social message, but still be really fun for kids. And You know, you does, know. does Judy Hopps walk around Disneyland? I hope she does. No, I've never seen it. They have um, what's his face there? I've seen him. The fox. The Nick, fox. Yeah. Nick, Nick. Is he called? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, why? That's a great movie. I love Zootopia. Not that it's called Zootopia in Britain. <laughs> Zootropolis. Why? <laughs> why? Like you've never heard of a utopia? Like I've never referred to that movie as Zootropolis in my entire life. <laughs> by the so way, it, it is it's Zootopia. So <laughs> Um, because that's just what it's called. What, why? So why the need to change the title? Yeah, it's it's very much a Ford v Ferrari situation. Which again was such a stupid title in Britain, Le Mans sixty six, as though every. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> like, a great that's a common title. thing everyone knows about. So stupid. So, at least it's <laughs> obvious what the movie's about. Yeah. If you call it Ford v Ferrari, who hasn't heard of Ford or Ferrari? Exactly. Well, my favorite will always be California Man. 
That one it makes sense to me. It makes sense because nobody, because nobody has... in the UK has a concept of Encino, the city exactly. of Encino, California. So you're not exactly. going to call it Encino Man. That but, one so does California make sense. Man makes sense. But really, Zootropolis, stupid. Anyway, like they can come up with original ideas instead of just no, regurgitating can. all their same old stuff and spinning off spinning off what they've already done like i said with this mufasa announcement thing sequels okay sequels disenchanted inside out too yes i know it's pixar but okay sequels are fine but it's Let's the do a it's live the spin action off of live action everybody oh, loved it's already done Yes, yeah, so like and Hercules. Oh, I'm like, I'm scared that this Muses casting is gonna piss people off. They, no, uh, I know, I know. Muses, the Muses better all be black, and they better all be just like powerhouse singers. Like, please, just please, and stick to the gospel style. Don't turn into some poppy nonsense. No, it will like, definitely turn into poppy nonsense. They'll yes. be singing Ariana Grande songs. And yeah, things. right. Definitely. <laughs> Not that there's anything necessarily wrong with Ariana Grande, but Ariana Grande, you know, as as well because someone yeah, from she, Manchester, we love Ariana Grande. Deeply. She's an yeah, she's a, 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 a official Man Manchesterian or whatever. That is not your... the correct term <laughs> <laughs> at all. Just say <laughs> she's a, she's an honorary mank. Okay. <laughs> I prefer to say she's a Manchesterian. Not Manchester. <laughs> that is just so far away from the, the full. The full word would be Mancunian, <laughs> not Manchesterian. Manchesterian. I like that. <laughs> um, but not that. Not that there's anything wrong with Ariana Grande. But you no, can. You can kind of see. But it they happening. did. I can't remember what it was. It was some Disney special, and she sang. I won't say I'm in love. Like they had different people sing Disney songs for like this special. I think, I don't know if they did like a kind of a D23 online or something like, you know, during. Ah, okay. I, I can't remember. It was some kind of Disney special and she sang the Megara song. So I, that, oh. I think maybe that earworm got in people's heads of, oh, maybe she can be a muse or something. I don't know. So, so. you said, no, no. The muses and were most other people uh, said no. A, the muses were a great source of representation for me as a child. Like these beautiful black women, you know, narrating this story, you know, all kind of shapes and sizes and funny and cute and sassy and you know, I, and I loved look, the muses. So, given the fact that for for this week's Morgan hasn't seen, I've just watched Little Shop of Horrors for the first time. Yeah. This, this show's, uh, that, you know, episode is coming out. And you definitely had your version That's of the, the muses exact same there. Yes. You, you have the muses, essentially, yeah. in Little Shop of Horrors, don't you? So, yes, you need that. You need that for the Hercules yeah. thing. 100% you do. You can't, if you don't do that, you will, you will get some. Smacks yes. to the face. No, you will I, get some back. That casting needs to be perfect, and uh, I just I'm, I'm just worried. So yes, I don't know. Little Mermaid, great casting so far. That little clip that they showed looks amazing. Everyone's raving it about does. so. Everyone's raving about Hilly Bailey and that um part of your world, the full sequence that they got to see. So I haven't seen a bad comment about it. So yeah, I mean that that makes me optimistic about it. 
but we just have not been hitting it with these live action remakes and they're still just no we have not no we have not and snow white is literally the shortest movie ever so you know they're gonna add and pad and throw some nonsense in there yeah they're all short especially the older ones you know you can get away with making 65 70 minute movies in the 30s could you imagine if theatrical movies these days were 70 minutes long do you think people would just riot yes why is the movie finished that was the length of the movie what what you what you're moaning about it's fine it's a snappy little movie 10 minutes yeah no this is the problem this is we need to go back we need to go back to To 70 minute movies no we need to go back to the to the movie session of you go to the movie or you go to the cinema you you see some trailers you see a little you see a short you see the feature and you see like a cartoon and you just and you, and you and have you like three and, and a half day. hours there and that's it that that's your day and you see a bunch of stuff where are all the famous shorts these days they don't exist they don't exist because there's nowhere to put them. And it's ridiculous. Like, you're nominating short format films for Oscars every year. No one ever sees them. Why don't no you play them? them? You should play them before a movie in the theater. Because it, it, every time Oscar season comes up and people do their little ballots and you see all these short form films and nobody knows what any of them are. Everybody makes the noise. <laughs> eh? was that yeah so you should play them before movies like you know from the same studio or something even if the stupid things how do you think like the three stooges became That's how big. pixar did it like their whole little thing of doing their little shorts before their movie yeah exactly brilliant pixar yeah. shorts pixar shorts are great but this is but like going back in time like i said like how do you think the three stooges became as big as they did because they were just in a loads and loads of hundreds yeah. of shorts that just played before movies. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, make, make. Yes. So that's like what the that. problem, if they're remaking these movies that are fairly short, they're going to try to add all of these things. And if you're going to add things to like flesh out things that you didn't have time for in a cartoon or give it a unique spin that makes it a little bit more interesting, but you're still kind of keeping the core. But a lot of them are just like Cinderella, I think was something that added a lot that we didn't see in the cartoon while still keeping the core and the things that you saw you know made the characters more interesting made the characters more complex made their motivations make more sense you know we saw more with the her and the prince spending more time together we saw the prince having a whole story with his dad we saw her whole story with her parents like all that stuff added to you know padding out the story the runtime of a short cartoon while also making the characters more fleshed out and interesting but all a lot of these other ones did none of that they added extra beauty and the beast that stupid stupid book where you go to a play why and and that went nowhere (laughs) like and then adding this whole extra thing to this the curse and 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 also having a terrible song and let's not forget as well Let's not forget as well that the problem with the live action Beauty and the Beast is that it doesn't even look very good. No. It's not even visually very, very nice the to look at. Looks weird. The Beast looks weird. Your Give bell me can't the French sing. One. Your bell can't sing very well. And 
drives me nuts that this woman, this woman grew her career on reacting to shit that wasn't there. She did how many Harry Potter movies where she had to react to magical shit that was not there. And then she's in this castle with these magical things and she has the blankest ass stare on her face. She is so much better than what was she doing in this? What? Yes. Movie makes me mad. Anyway. Little makes you mad. Makes you yes. mad, Janine. Because makes let's just remind everybody again. Let's remind everybody again. What are we reminding people about Beauty and the Beast? You know what we remind. You know what we always like to remind people when we bring up Beauty and the Beast. We remind people that the French one's the best. Yes, and you have we to covered go it. We did a retrospective. Please listen to our retrospective where we talked La Belle et la Bête, the French version. We talked the uh, animated version, and then this awful, stupid thing. So as, please, as, as I always <laughs> say. Disney's animated version is a great, great Beauty and the Beast movie, but it ain't the French one. The French one was so, like, surprisingly just, like, <laughs> yeah, I, it was wonderful. a nice su- surprise. I saw a lovely, so, yes. lovely poster print from La Bella La Bette um, but apparently... in Manchester the other week, and I kind of wanted it. I've nowhere to put it, but I kind of want, like, a little... Print we'll of get the post, it. Then, a beautiful you know, post. You'll have a place to put it one day. But um, there apparently there's a modern French one as well. I don't want. I don't care about a modern French one. It won't be as magical. <laughs> well, I don't know. People are like sharing clips around TikTok of it, and I'm like, what is happening here? So yes, we are totally going. The beast off, won't look off off to a, a a bit of a tangent, but you know that's how this. The show beast works. looks great though. Yes, um, the beast looks great in the French one. I mean, for having him like actually have real hair just glued to his whole face every day, right. like poor man. But he, you know, poor he, man, it works. Yeah, works though. It's a trooper, and it looks great. And yeah, um, but yes, it's just those kinds of terrible things, and you know, things to try to pad out these plots are just. I think is the downfall of these live action films. Which seems um, to be what happened with the old Pinocchio. Yes. So, yeah, I think we've pretty much talked about all that we know at this very moment in time or things that we're interested in. Oh, there was also Haunt- Did I say Haunted Mansion where Jamie Lee Curtis is playing uh, Madame Leota. Um, yes, she did. So yes. that's happening as well. Are we interested? No, because I like Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion. Really? I do. I like that movie. It's a ridiculous movie and I actually love it. I've only seen it one time. I don't know I, I, what I, I honestly, I have a weird guilty pleasure. I, I mean, I don't think it's bad. I just, like, there's so much rich stuff happening in the Haunted Mansion that I they didn't use any of it. Like, I would love, you know... No, it's a stupid movie. Yes, I wish they would have actually used things from the actual ride in the movie. Yeah. And made it about, you know, <laughs> well, that they bride the, they who kills the... all her husbands and the, the hitchhikers and the, you know, the people in the elevator and, you know... Yes, okay. <laughs> but it's Wally Shawn's in the movie. Isn't Terrence Stamp Stamp's in the movie. Good grief. <sighs> well, yes. I actually, I, I do, I have a weird guilty pleasure for Eddie Murphy's Haunted Mansion. So, admittedly, I think that one, do a remake of, sure, do a remake of, because you could improve on that. Yeah, you, you could. could. 
But of course, a lot course. of these ones that they're doing, yeah. So which will lead us right into Pinocchio. We neither of us have watched it, but I don't everything, want to. I really don't want to. Everything I've seen on it, literally, I kind of watched Real Rejects. They're I like a huge fan of their their channel. They did a whole review and they kind of watch it, you know, do kind of a bit of a watch along and then they review it at the end. So I kind of basically watched the majority of the movie just kind of watching them okay. do their commentary on it. And a lot of the changes they make are literally just trying to play to, like, you know, when people complain about, oh, they're just trying to be, you know, woke and da 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 and they don't want to really try to tread this line to not offend people and PC and this and that. Like, this movie is doing that, you know. Most of the time when people complain and make those woke complaints. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. But this in this case, it's actually kind of true. Like, literally... The whole oh, point okay. is Pinocchio is doing bad things and he needs his conscience and he needs to learn from his mistakes and blah, blah, blah. But literally they still try to make him be moral even when he's like doing bad things. So, you know, at the beginning he goes to school, but then he decides, oh no, you know, he falls into temptation and doesn't go to school. Yeah. But in this version, he actually goes, to his, he decides, you know what? Yes, I'm gonna. I'm not going to listen to them. I'm going to be good and go to school. But it's only because the school throws him out for not being a, a real boy is when he then he goes. And, and So you're changing the entire motivation of Pinocchio. <laughs> yes. Then, you know, he's telling lies, but he's only telling lies so his nose will grow so he can get the key to get out of the thing. And he's like, oh, I didn't mean to lie. I was just lying so my nose would grow so I could get the key. So, he's so really, you're changing you know, the entire motivation of yes. Pinocchio. Yes, so he's not lying because he's bad and he, you know, needs to learn from that. He's lying so, so that he can, you know, save the day and help himself and, you know. There's no and longer then a they message go, to Pinocchio then. Yes, and then the whole thing of the boys getting turned into donkeys because they're bad is because they're doing bad things. And that's punishment for being bad. They go to the freaking place and they're drinking root beer. You know how, you know, because they say several times that it's root beer. And obviously uh, they took uh, out all the tobacco smoking, whatever. But, um, yeah. So now these boys why, are getting though. punished for drinking root beer. Why? I don't understand what, what, what particularly Disney's issue is with just showing drinking and smoking. Like, it's just a thing. You just tell us that it's bad. Yes, and it. that's the whole point. You don't if need you to if you do those show things and pretend it doesn't exist. If you do those things, you will get turned into a donkey. I think that's more a more you know not deterrent, in there. deterrent thought than telling them if they drink root beer, that's gonna happen to them. <laughs> <laughs> the root beer companies will be up in arms. Yes. It's like on the if you heard any of that news about the Sex in the City show where they showed a the big dying on a Peloton and Peloton had to do a whole thing. You will not die using our, <laughs> our bikes. The root beer companies are going to have to do the same. They will. They'll you have will not to. turn into a donkey drinking our product. Oh my gosh. The sales yes. will be through the floor. They won't be able yes. to cope. They'll The business will die. And then just this very much product placementy moment of you see a wall of Geppetto's clocks that he's made, and there's a, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit clock. Oh yeah, it's a mega. <laughs> 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 and, 
Oh, well done, Zemeckis. and like, and you know, of course, Tom Hanks. So there's a there's a Toy Story Woody clock there, and just like a bunch of Disney IPs in clock oh, form on this dear. wall. Oh dear. Yes, and Monstro's like not a whale; he's a sea monster. But I guess that's more. I think that in the book, he, it's a sea monster, and he, like I've never drawings. read. I've never read Pinocchio. Yes, I think that. Yeah, I think. In the book, I saw something that, yeah, Monstro was like actually a sea monster. I don't mind. I, I don't. But, I don't mind that. I just. I mind changing the entire motivation and and, and message of Pinocchio. Because then yeah. it's not Pinocchio. It's it's something yeah, else. Yeah, like he's still trying to be very good and moral, like pretty much throughout the movie, even when he's doing the bad things. The point is, he doesn't know what's good and bad. So you're telling me that as soon as he's born, Pinocchio, he knows good from bad. That's why is Jiminy Cricket there then? Jiminy Cricket's the one who teaches him what's good and bad. He has to do bad things to learn they are bad. If he doesn't yeah. do or if he does these bad things but then says, It's okay, I was really doing it for this good reason, then there's literally no point to the entire story. Yeah. Because he already knows his lesson. He's already learned what he's supposed to yes. be like so let's not bother with yeah, the rest this of the is, story th this is not me from me watching this is me just from seeing clips of it and so i'm just like oh. weird weird go and watch proper pinocchio not this nonsense just because children are smoking cigars in that movie doesn't mean your child's going to yeah so i don't know it just seems kind of ridiculous people seem like they're not very happy with it um there were mentions of like the cgi just not being good like cgi Brilliant. at the end um i think i watched a review with dan merle and he was kind of talking about how you know mostly like if you get a screener typically sometimes there'll be a little kind of you know notation saying hey the cgi is not completely finished on this version yet yeah. and so you'll watch it and be like okay i understand why this doesn't look great but then people watch the disney plus and it looked still not great <laughs> so that was just the final version oh dear yeah. oh dear me janine yes <laughs> what a, it's a shame it's a shame because yeah. i'm sure i spoke last week about how much i really like disney's pinocchio yeah i haven't watched it in forever so my my plan was to watch the original and then watch this one and now i'm like I, i've just, seen enough clips yeah, that i'm just like <laughs> I, I read it. Just don't, 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 yeah. don't, don't yeah. do it. I think I've seen enough clips that I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't think I need to watch that. Well, I know there's plenty of other things that happened um, this this <laughs> week, but we are in fear of going for a, a, an overly long episode that we can't actually do today. We've got to try and make this a little bit of a shorter episode. Well, unfortunately, I will Not just quickly. Shorter, but, I will just um, quickly talk about the panels I went to today. Oh yes, yes. Um, so I went to a Simpsons panel. So they didn't really announce any kind of huge things. They just kind of talked about Treehouse of Horror, how they're going to do like a double episode. <laughs> You're in season 87, The Simpsons. I know. I'm not interested they, anymore. They're going into season 34. Jesus. So they, so they had a yearly Smith, you know, Lisa Simpson. She moderated and it was like, you know, animators and Matt Groening, the creator. Um, uh, 
there on the panel so that you had a couple of the animators the writers and um i love the simpsons i love the simpsons i do but it just does it not just come to a point where if you if you're gonna make it yeah but like who's interested about new simpsons now I, 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 I haven't watched no, it in forever but it was a really fun kind of panel how they did it like they had like little animated segments and then they did like pre-asked questions so like they'd have they had like somebody who they already knew what the question was okay. going to be and then they animated like homer answering the question okay. so those little segments were fun um they had a whole little kind of fun thing they did where lisa wants to be a disney princess and so Bart's like, yeah, I could just go in here and you'll be Disney princess. But then he's really Loki and it's Tom Hiddleston and he's like doing this commentary oh, and like God. talking about how this is his like, you know, contractually obligated appearance. <laughs> and then she kind of ends up hanging out with all the Disney villains and they're telling her, don't be a Disney princess, be a villain. We're all great. And so, yeah, like they had some fun little animated segments. Um, they had one of the animators like drawing, like people would tell him what action he wants the character to do and then he'd pick the simpsons character and okay. like draw them live doing the action and so yeah kind of the biggest announcement was yeah they're gonna do a double treehouse of horror thing um one of them is gonna be like it was animated by like um uh japan like japanese animators okay to, to look like death note that um okay japan animation and then um the second one's gonna be like a crusty pennywise thing okay, okay. So, yeah <laughs> you're getting anime simpsons yes and pennywise simpsons okay fair enough yes so it was a fun little panel and then the last panel i went to was um, they, I think throughout the day, they were doing a bunch of Disney Legends panel panels. So it's, um, it's an award that they give out to people who work for Disney. Yeah. So they, um, they had several throughout the day. So the one I went to was, um, for their names, uh, so the music guy, like he did a lot of the music. I think he did like lyricist and like music okay. kind of producer for a lot of the biggest songs. Like he won an Oscar, I think for like beauty and the beast. And he's the okay. one who kind of like found Celine Dion to sing the, the, you know, the soundtrack version. He worked on songs, you know, he worked with Phil Collins on the Tarzan songs and any big Disney bop song he worked on it so um you know how much i love the tarzan yes. soundtrack <laughs> it's good i really it's better do. yes it's so good uh chris montan so it was him and then um doris uh hardoon she's an okay. engineer so she did a lot of work on um uh some of the uh attractions at the hong kong disney and the um uh, shanghai disney uh, okay. So she's kind of the, you know, imagineer behind building those things and creating them and designing all of those things that has worked for D Disney for years. So the two of them Lovely. were awarded legends. Um, and so just gave a lot of commentary in their careers and like, you know, what they love about working for Disney and that it's like a family and kind of giving kind of, you know, motivational device, uh, advice, you know, if you want to, you know, don't give up on things, you know, work hard and, you know, that kind of thing and talk to fun stories from, you know, working with, you know, different people in the music industry and um, her talk, you know, working with different people. So yeah, it was a kind of a great little listen of, you know, people who have done a lot for Disney Very over the years. So yeah, so those were the two panels I was at today and then just kind of walk the floor and saw people yeah. got to see uh, the Maltons. 
So, oh, very nice. Yeah, and catch very up nice. with Jesse and see little baby Daisy and oh yes, you know. So I yeah. hope I hope they're all doing well. They they seem to be all be doing very well. So yeah. it's good to good. catch up and see good. them. We 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 we, lo- we love the Maltings. We generally. do. We, we, we do. do. So yeah, good day, just catching up, running around and seeing everything, lots to see. I got to see, oh, I got, they did a little thing of, um, where you could go in and see kind of upcoming attractions that they're building in all the different Disney parks. And they actually had a whole kind of, uh, miniature of what the Tiana yes, I um, saw this. Splash I saw Mountain this. is going to look like. And then Tiana came out and, okay. I, and I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> I got my little picture with my girl and I was like all Tiana today. So, um, yeah, so it looks really cool. They went to New Orleans and kind of looked around and they're going to put in uh, also like a Eudora's like dress shop because, you know, her mother was like okay. a seamstress with like Tiana's tasting tips. So I don't know if it's going to be like a dual little Tiana's kind of place. And I assume you're going to have a job. restaurant. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see anything like a, an official Tiana's place, which is like, just make a Tiana's place. Like, yeah, it's the biggest... why would you know? Yes, but it looks like it's just like a dress shop slash Tiana's okay. Tastings or something. I can't remember what that's called. Mm, but I really yeah. think you should just yes. do a restaurant. So, so they had kind of a little look at what it's going to look like. and um, Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. But also like with this, you know, changing Splash Mountain to Tiana and, and Princess and the Frog. The, the ride's the same. Yes. It's, it's a retheme. It, it's, it's just it's just like, a retheming. You're not changing yeah. the actual layout but, uh, you of know, the lot. There's going to be people who have their issues with it. But, of course um, there are. And then I think they're going to make the a, like... This point of why, why not change? I mean, yeah. yes, okay. We all like the song, don't we, from Splash Mountain. Yes. We all like the zippity doo dah song. We do, sure, Bird. okay. But you live your life just fine without it. Um, what yes. movie is it from? Oh God, right, okay. Yeah, get it switched. Um, and then it looks like they're gonna do. I think maybe at um, Disney World they're doing like a, a two scale like Tafiti from I think that's her name from um, the big you know Earth lady person from uh, Moana. Okay. Yeah. So they had like a, a model of that to look at and, and, and talk to, you know, show what they're going to be building over there. So yeah, we got to see kind of what they're working on for nice. the parks in the future and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, they're, just... they're, they're going to keep bigging up the parks, aren't they? Doing more. Yeah. And adding more stuff. things, changing things. So yeah, it was we just walked around, saw kind of different booths and different things they're working on and fun little panels. And we saw some me and James White, <laughs> you know, we saw some people doing trivia and we were just looking at them like mm-hmm. I'm a <laughs> Yeah, so it was pretty funny. So yeah, overall just fun kind of first D23 day for me. Yes. And yeah, so I can probably talk next Monday about everything yes. that has yes. not happened yet. <laughs> and I think that oh, yeah. will likely be exactly what we're doing. I yeah. would assume. Yes, because there's going to be more reveals um, once this airs that we couldn't get to, obviously. So Yes, but like I said, I mean, there's been <laughs> other stuff that's, you know, 
come out this past week. Even even season five of Cobra Kai came out. And, and when when we're going to do something on that, I, I just I don't, don't know. know. There's too many things. There's going so many on. things happening, but yes, definitely. We will. Do. We will. At Lots some of point. big Disney stuff. Then you know we are. You know I'm I'm a huge Disney fan. Morgan's yes. a moderate Disney. Fan. <laughs> I'm a Disney fan. I'm I I always say. I think I'm I'm more of a Disneyland fan than a Disney fan. fan yeah. Um, I love, a Disney I media fan. Uh, yes. Yeah. I, I like. I do. I do. Yeah. I'm I'm not. I wouldn't wear the ears, for example. No, I'm not. I'm not I an could, ear wearer. I could never see Morgan in a pair you know, of ears. I'm not a dress up and go to Disneyland, but I'm a go to Disneyland and have a nice picture with Goofy kind of person. <laughs> I, I, I like that. You're a simple man. I am. Um, but yes, there's been lots of other stuff, yes. you know, other episodes of, you know, new episodes of, of She-Hulk and, and Rings of Power and yes, other things so like that as well that we're sense. just not going to yes. get time to talk about And I, today. a lot of those things we're definitely going to do kind of some, probably some live conversations anyway. Of course, so of course we are. kind of meet their finale, so. Of course we are. Um, although I will say, I think you will get more into the Rings of Power after watching this third episode. Okay, yeah, I will, I will, I will it, yeah. say that. Yes. Okay, from, from our discussion that we had last week. Yeah. But let's tonally change the entire show <laughs> from Disney and happiness to horror and blood and gore and nastiness. <laughs> because as we like to start spooky season in September on It's a Wonderful Podcast, yes. um, we have already done that with Morgan Hasn't Seen. We're now bringing more horror onto this show and will pretty shortly i think be bringing more onto the main show as well yeah. as we go through september and october janine we have a fun let's talk today yes what's this so this kind of came out of um me posing a question on a poll to our it's a wonderful podcast patrons uh, I want, like, I like to kind of delve into a horror franchise. And last year, I believe I did Friday the 13th because, you know, I had really only seen the first movie. Um, and so they, I watched that and kind of was reviewing each movie as I went along. So I said, you know, I think every major horror franchise, I have some, aside from Scream, I have some gaps. So which one should I watch? <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I haven't seen, I think I've missed like the, middle halloween's like the ones with her knee with her uh you know um, yeah hello like halloween halloween four is great I like halloween, halloween four the one with paul rudd like i haven't yeah. seen those i literally have seen one two three resurrection um h2o h2o and the new ones so like, like there were like two in there that i haven't seen um i haven't seen all the child's play um but it looked like so far in the poll everyone's voting for a nightmare on elm street so i haven't seen all of okay. them um, so that got me thinking about, you know, I realized there are a lot of Wes Craven films I have not seen. So now I've kind of, I, you know, so while I am going to watch all the nightmare movies, I kind of just want to watch all of Wes Craven's movies. So you can do. It's not that big of a yes. filmography. So I kind of was like, you know what? I kind of want to go on a mission this spooky season and just watch everything Wes Craven. Good. So then it got me thinking about, you know, movies of his that I really love, but also movies of his that I haven't seen. So for this Let's Talk, I thought it would be fun for us to pick a horror director and talk about two movies of theirs that we really love and then talk some movies of theirs that we've never watched, some movies of theirs that we haven't seen and discuss those. Yes. So 
Yeah. Well, you picked Wes Craven. I've gone with David Cronenberg. Ooh. Um, interestingly, you know, not a not a an older horror director or anything yeah. like that. Ah, I'll save some of that for later on in in, in spooky season. You know. <laughs> yes. Um. But no, I I went with David Cronenberg. So I have a I have a couple of Cronenberg movies that I really do like, and I've watched one new one to me as well that I would okay. like to uh, talk about. But do you want to start with Wes Craven, or should I start? Um, I'll start. Okay. So one obviously... Wes Craven movie Janine really loves is I wonder what it is. Uh, obviously, a Scream. Uh... <laughs> Scream is, yeah, my favorite horror movie. My favorite horror franchise has my favorite final girl. I love this franchise so much. Basically, it kind of came from um, me really being brave now at a certain age. I think I was like, was just turning 14 or turning 15. I remember the night, the first time I watched it. Um, And this was me, you know, because I talk a lot about, you know, I tried to watch a nightmare on elm street when with my sister and her friend when i was little because i wanted to be cool and stay up with i think i was maybe eight and i tried to watch it and it terrified me i couldn't eat pizza for a week because you know for a week or a month or something i remember just every time we got pizza i was grossed out by it for a decent amount of time because it reminded me of freddy krueger's face but i was was gonna i was gonna say a week (laughs) isn't really that long yeah no for like i remember it being a significant amount of time that i was like oh pizza freddy krueger's face um but i was still intrigued by it so i finally got to an age where i was really like excited about horror and really kind of ready to you know not be scared of it and enjoy it so i was we were just moving into a new house and I was having my birthday party and it was going to be a slumber party. So we decided to have the slumber party at the new house and we didn't really have like a lot of furniture. We just had like a TV set up and we're all going to sleep on the floor anyway. So we were talking about what to rent for the slumber party. So my friend, my best friend at the time was like, Oh my gosh, have you seen the screen? And I'm like, no, what's that? She's like, Oh my gosh, it's so good. So she kind of broke it down. She didn't reveal anything, but she was like, Oh my gosh. So, you know, this is the story this da, 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 and there's two killers and you don't know who it is. Or she didn't say there's two killers, but she's like, Oh my gosh. And you know, somebody's killing people and you don't know who it is. And the kills are so crazy and done. And she like described like the whole movie and talked about, you know, Skeet Ulrich being so cute and all. I'm like, Oh, so then I'm like, mom, really can we rent? He is cute. Let's shut up. No, he, he, no, is, he is. He's he's greasy, but he's very greasy. Yeah, he is very greasy, but you know. Anyway, so she described this whole movie to me, and I got really excited. I'm like, "Mom, can we rent?" And my mom was like, "Okay." So I don't think she knew what it was. I didn't get into any detail on what it was. That covers kind of doesn't really tell you too much. So no, it doesn't. <laughs> no. So we rented it. We watched it at my like 14 birthday party slumber party and oh my gosh the twists and the turns and oh my gosh the excitement and you know these cool teens making jokes and having this fun commentary about horror was just like oh my this is like you know i remember thinking it was smart at 14 not really even knowing that much about horror at the time and, um just loved the story loved the twist loved the com the mix of the comedy in there um you know that it actually felt very scary the chase probably one of the best horror kind of final girl circuits yeah and film the kills were really interesting and cool um that opening with drew barrymore just that it just kind of you know you're not expecting it 
everything that was just so well done, so pitch perfect. Just love everything about it. Um, you know, and me going into teenage years, I'm like, I want to be a teenager like these kids. They're like, they're so cool and smart and the way they're talking about these movies and the way they're kind of analyzing things. And, you know, yeah. It, just, it, came, it came at the perfect time for you. Yes. And like, you, you don't really always remember the first time you saw something. And like, I remember the first time I saw Scream and I absolutely loved everything about it. And even not knowing that much about the genre at the time, I could tell it was doing interesting, smart, cool things. And every rewatch, I find something new. Like I literally saw it in theaters for the first time earlier this year. And I found new things that I, you know, more things that like, oh, you know what? I think they, she did this because of that. You know, oh, I didn't notice that that, you know, that was going on in the background. So like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's, there's obviously so there's good. a lot to love about scream everybody who knows you remotely knows how much you love scream <laughs> yeah. yes. um it's just it's, it's the janine thing isn't it, it so is, that, yeah. this is why it was the most painfully obvious choice for this particular let's yeah. talk for you. um yeah. i don't i you know there's not cronenberg movies that i love on the level that you love scream there just isn't <laughs> Yeah, I like the Cronenberg movies that I have seen. I do. Um, I just picked. I picked him for this because he's a he's a big name horror director yeah. who I haven't actually been too well versed familiar in. with. Yeah, too yeah. well versed in, too familiar with, too well watched on. But you know his name, and you immediately think of horror. You know, you do, and you immediately yeah. think of a certain style of, yeah. of of you know twisted sci-fi body horror. Yeah. And, you know, the, it, it comes across a lot. You know, the I'll save the, the more obvious one for the second little bit of a discussion because I wanted to talk about The Brood from 1979. Which is a great movie. It's a great movie. It's... Um, Oliver Reed's in it, right? So Oliver Reed plays this psychiatrist um and there's the, i forget who the like lead couple is or like actor wise i don't think i've massively seen them in in anything else yeah um but there's you know oliver reads this psychiatrist he's doing experimental therapy on this guy's wife right yeah. who, who's really troubled really has these issues and she's kind of kept away, kept in this, you know, facility almost in this home. Um, but there's a load of kind of really horrific murders going on around. And, and our lead guy is the husband of, of, you know, the patient of Oliver Reed. Yeah. Who's trying to figure out kind of all these all these things that are going on um and there's just these weird small hooded children that are kind of creepily running about the place who yeah. seem to be committing these murders yeah like they've all got bright coats on like it's 1979 as well so it feels very it's very very 70s in its style yeah um you, you know you think of Think of the little red coated figure in Don't Look Now. Mm. It's a, you know, and, and she's kind of running mm -hmm. around a lot of the time around 
those streets of Venice. This feels a little bit like that, where you're just really weirded out by yeah. who these little creatures are, are running around. Yeah, that are running around, and you really don't know what's going on. Um, Oliver Reed is pretty good and, and intense in this movie. He isn't our lead. He's our. I've noticed this with Cronenberg movies, or a lot of Cronenberg movies, is he will cast a powerhouse Englishman as a as the biggest name in the movie that's actually the supporting player oh, but gets okay. top billing. Yeah. Um and our our actual lead is an an American, a, a smaller name, or, or a Canadian. You know, because they're Canadian movies, because Cronenberg's Canadian. Um, and I think, technically, The Brood would come under being a Canadian movie. Um, but it's 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 very, very creepy. It's very, very mysterious. He kind of... He does not tell you anything that's going on. He leaves yeah. you so confused until everything's revealed and i don't think it takes away to know the spoiler is that basically um these little creatures running around are the children of this woman's rage that she kind of births from her own being not like not like childbirth like they grow from her skin and there's these really uncomfortable scenes of, <laughs> of that happening towards the end of the movie yeah uh, and you know what you cronenberg's like yeah. you, you see it happening mm-hmm. and she gets like really feral with these they've all they're all like really creepy they've got like cat's eyes and cleft lips and really weird hairlines mm-hmm. and they're kind of scarred um you know they don't speak but they're all seemingly incredible they're like a swarm they're the brood that's yeah. that's the title the brood yeah. um who who have been committing all these murders but so yeah they all come from from or they're, they're all kind of birthed by this woman's rage that's what that's what other reed refers okay. to it as they're the children of her rage her ra- oh that's and interesting because she's, you know, the wife of our lead character, there's yeah. this really kind of messy marriage thing going on between the two of them. At the same time, Cronenberg was making this; he was going through a really messy divorce. Oh, wow! As well. So he's definitely kind of so just it's like very, very personal. Yeah, his own personal kind of things. On it's that. very yeah. projecting. It's very okay. personal. Or it, you know, when you know that, you can tell. Yeah. Um, but those scenes of her. You know those scenes of the brood coming kind into of coming being. out. Yeah, she turns really feral. She licks the blood off them, Ooh. and kind like of just... a mother animal, kind exactly. of exactly. You know? mm-hmm. But as if you if you Google images from the brood, the, the the one thing that will probably come up is her just covered in blood, sat there with this newborn child thing. Yeah. Um. Because she's kind of her body or her like abdomen is alien, it's otherworldly, it's just completely inhuman because it's just seeping out these yeah. creatures. 
Uh, it's really weird. It's as weird as you would expect some Cronenberg movies to be. Um, but it has that 70s mystery horror movie feel to it. Yeah. And it's really, really unsettling. Ooh, really, really creepy. Um, and appropriately gory when it wants to be, but not over the top and all the time, which is, yeah. I just think, what he does really well. He's very, very interesting as a as a director, and it's kind of, I think it's considered a, a kind of mid-ish tier Cronenberg movie. You know, it's not up there with the fly and Videodrome and things like that. Yeah. But I think it should be. Okay. I watched it for the first yeah. time last year. Definitely is making me want to watch it. Yeah. Really, really, really did enjoy it. I like the concept. It's, it's really kind of interesting. Really Especially like, you know, if it's if it does, you really can feel that personal, like it's something he was going through. You can. Yeah, there's, I'm, there's, really, I'm really intrigued by that. There's a real confusion between husband and wife in the movie. Yeah. You know, they, they just don't. You know, he has just got no idea who she is anymore. Yeah. It's, you know, he and he's really concerned as to what Oliver Reed's doing to her. And it's whether Oliver Reed is actually doing this to her or whether Oliver Reed's actually helping her by keeping her safe and kind of locked up. Because if she was allowed to just be out to create all these creatures. Yeah. Who are committing these horrific, seemingly random murders. It's uh it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very unsettling though. Okay. And I really like it. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um my second movie is one that was fairly new to you, but we did cover it on the podcast. Uh The People Under the Stairs. Oh, a great movie. I loved this movie. I um just the fact that he could take, you know. You, like, you already kind of saw him use the Scream movies to kind of, you know, and, you know, of course, credit to Kevin Williamson who wrote those Scream movies. But for him to, you know, a lot of it, you know, when you kind of look at behind the scenes stuff, it's really like Kevin giving that base and then putting in there, uh, Wes will make it scary. Wes will, yeah. you know, make this make sense. And Wes will, you know, add whatever he needs to to bring this to life you know he has just a note in here Wes will make it scary Wes will you know figure this part out of it out so it was very much a collaborative thing but the fact that you know the screen movies were always a commentary on horror and just film in general like um you know the rules of a horror movie calling yeah. attention to that the rules of a sequel the rules of a trilogy you know um so the fact that you know you go back to this movie and you're giving the backdrop of gentrification as kind of the whole base of a horror story. Yeah. It's such a kind of really interesting focus on what was going on in the world. Um, and then adding this kind of fantastical horror element to it. And the fairy tale uh, nature of, yes. of it as well. And, you know, you're having your lead be a black kid. So as yeah. a kid watching it, you're like, this kid is like, you know, saving the day and kicking ass and doing all this stuff. And, you know, he's the hero. 
he's black and he's a kid. So like any black kid who sees that is like, that is the coolest thing ever. So, you know, for him to have that representation and have this kid be the hero of this story and this crazy family and just the performances of you know this the mother and father character and the, the creepiness of them and um yeah and it's kind of it being a like a, a bottle episode type movie where you know you're just in one place and you're in the creepy walls of this house and you know yeah and the very tense moments of if he's going to get caught, if they're going to see him and, you know, they're chasing him and he's hiding in this place and they're shooting in the wall because they think he might be in there. And um, then the, it, turn, the it turns things on its head as well, doesn't it? Because yes, it's you, very you, tense. And because the movie's called The People Under the Stairs, yeah. you assume that the people under the stairs are the villains. Those the are movie. the villains. Yes. They're not. They're just the creepy, you know, captives. Of, of the real villains, yeah, who are the source of all the gentrification that's happening exactly. in the neighborhood. Exactly. Um, so you know, on several layers, they're villains, and so to kind of see your black kid hero kind of save the day, and uh, you know, we have Bill Cobb in there as well, yes, doing his thing. <laughs> yes. Really liked him in this movie. Um, so yeah, just really smart in kind of using what's happening in the world as a backdrop for a horror film. And yeah, like you have your title having you think that like, you know, one thing and then subvert that expectation once you go into the film. Yeah. Cause and, you think, you think like what creepy people scuttling through the yes, walls. And, and they, they still kind of keep you being scared of these things. They do, you know, but they are ultimately yeah. helpful. The yeah. people under the stairs themselves, or you could also call it the people living in the walls because it's the same yeah. thing. And like, then you kind of can twist the the, the title, you know, on its head because, yeah. like, if you see the title and you see the cover, it's like this creepy house, the people under the stairs, and like a skull. So yeah. you're immediately thinking that they're the villains. Um, but then, you know, when you realize the title of the movie is about the heroes of the story, yeah, you essentially. Know? Yes, um, and making them the focal kind of hero that that that's why you want to highlight and make that the title of your movie. Yeah, the so, the, the people who are shoved aside. Yeah, you know we we to support the people who shoved aside. I love the ending of it as well. Money rain. Yes, money rain, rain at the end of it. <laughs> so yes, and and great comeuppance because you know I yes. love me some comeuppance. Yes. Um, and yes, just black kid hero, just really kind of cool to see as a point of representation and um, great social commentary um, in a horror movie. And uh, I always said as well, it's a outstanding double feature with Candyman. Yes, yes. As as the two actually good horror movies of the early nineties, with social commentary about you know things like this, so what's going on in the world, and yeah, yeah. there's no better two horror movies in the early nineties yeah. than those two. There really isn't. It's great, and being that they are thematically fairly kind of similar, similar about the same things, yeah, Makes and you can it make it a triple with. The new Candyman. <laughs> well, you could, but then you might as well just watch the Candyman movies and. and... <laughs> uh, 
if but you to watch, show, I mean, but to show even all this time later, gentrification is yes. still happening, and oh yeah, know, nothing has really changed. I think that would, that's kind of an even yeah, I suppose so. I suppose that, so. all that, yeah. So it's a great yes, movie, I I just really have a lot of fun with people and just there's great performances and just really interesting story, really kind of tense twists and turns. You don't really expect it, you know, when you're first watching it, and uh, yeah, so I always have a lot of fun with that movie. Really smart yeah. horror film. Mm-hmm. Well, again, I'm going to go with the obvious one for Cronenberg, yeah. really. It's the one everybody thinks about when they think of Cronenberg movies because it's The Fly. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes The Fly, don't they? I mean, I like 1958's The Fly. I do. Yeah. I think that's a, a a really interesting movie, and I think this is a fantastic remake of it because it changes so much about it. Yeah. It keeps the core concept of, you know, a scientist, an egotistical scientist thinking he's above everything. God, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and and really messing himself up in a very creepy way. Yes, and the the slow deterioration of just like the layers of it it getting worse and worse. Exactly, exactly. Things falling off and skin boiling up. and This is the additional factor of 86 is the fly. And this is why, you know, you could I, you could say it, it's the better version yeah. because it really does show deterioration it really does show the mental and physical consequences of what seth brundle does yeah. more so than 58's the fly does 58's yeah. the fly is very kind of mopey there's a lot of depression in there yeah. there's kind of a lot of oh god what have i done in there let's cover yeah. my face up but there's not this slow physical breaking Descent, of humanity yes. um, that is so obvious with the fly, and because the effects are so great, and because Cronenberg just loves being Gross. really <laughs> nasty with his body yeah. horror as well. <laughs> it's it it's it makes it so clear. And Goldblum's yes. great. Goldblum's mm-hmm. so good. In the fly, I think it is. It's. I think it's still his best role, um, because it's it's the one where he's, or it's the one I've seen where he just seems the most reserved. He's not over gold blooming things really. Yeah, he's not. No, he's still being Goldblum. He's not being the human embodiment of jazz music. No, he isn't. He isn't (laughs) really. He's. Because he's younger, because it's, you know, it's, he hasn't fully become Jeff Goldblum yet. And I think he has by Jurassic Park time. You know, even in Jurassic Park. He's still a little bit of body snatchers, but Goldblum. (laughs) Yeah, he's, he's just, he's more raw. And I like that. And it needs that. Yeah. But it is a, it's a, it's, it's a perfect body horror movie because body horror should be. About and like, deterioration you know, of humanity. Mm-hmm. And you That's know what the Cronenberg's about visuals. As well. Yeah. And you, you know, know Cronenberg's visuals are so yeah. memorable right away. You know it's his style and it stays with you and it scares you. And that's what you want. The stories he like tells this. as well, though, the stories mm-hmm. he wants to make into movies, Cronenberg, are always about usually science gone wrong, science gone too far. Yeah. Um, people thinking they're above the world yeah. you know he 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 doesn't like this kind of thing or 
cautionary weird tales. cautionary tales yeah. breaking of human spirit he 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 loves humanity and yeah. the breaking of that is what scares him is what he you know kind of is the obvious fear element to a lot of Cronenberg movies and certainly obviously in in the fly it is yeah and because it's so blatantly obvious in the fly it's just done so well yeah um if it wasn't done as well it would come across as really kind of ham-fisted and and so obvious as like oh yeah. god but because it's very self-serious i think actually helps it yeah and this isn't something I usually say, you know, I, I like fun with my horror movies, but when you reach a certain era of horror and a certain tone, yeah. you keep that self-seriousness in there and it, and it yeah. really, it really massively works mm -hmm. for Cronenberg's movies. Yeah. Um, it really does. I, I, I love The Fly. Be afraid. Yeah. Be very afraid. Very afraid. Yeah. So, I forget know, that line is from that. <laughs> it's It's great. It's yes. great. Janine, you watched new Wes Craven movies. Yes. Well, I like as I said at the start of this, um, I kind of gave myself the mission to not only watch our patron-selected Nightmare on Elm Street movies, which I will be watching all spooky season, but to watch all of Wes Craven's movies at a certain point. So I actually watched two new Wes Craven movies. I, I watched... only watched one new Cronenberg oh. movie. <laughs> Well, I, you're not on a mission like me. So. I'm not. That, that is true. <laughs> I watched his first film, The Last House on the Left. Oh, I, God. What a tonal I'd shift. Seen, I'd seen the remake, actually, several times. Um, but I'd never seen the original. Um, I do believe he was a, a producer on the remake. Okay. Um. And they do change it up a little bit, but I kind of, and I always had heard how brutal, you know, the original film was. Um, I'm just really interested with you being a real kind of fun Wes Craven fan, you know, yeah. who kind of is, is able to make self-referential jokes and all this. To yeah. realize that he started with just the most horrifically realistic. But even, but even in this movie, movies. you have like your goofy banjo. You do, yes, you do. One of them being played by Martin Cove. Yes, you do have the stupid police Bumbly, bumbly police, and they purposely were making them goofy and like dealing with the chicken lady, and she's trying to, they're trying to hitch a ride on her truck, and she's like, no, you're too heavy. You know, you're like 50 chickens. And like, but is it enough. not the most grimy movie yes, you've ever seen? It's, and it just made me also really sad because I was kind of reading up, up trivia about it, and um the girl who played the lead she was talking about how the her co-stars were very mean to her and cruel to her on and off set so it made the filming for her very difficult mm -hmm. she was very uncomfortable she spent most of her time just kind of crying in Wes Craven's arms and he had to kind of tell her it's not real it's, you know it's not real it's okay and spent she spent most of that movie of you know him comforting her because the people who were playing these terrible people doing these things to her were so cruel to her, not just on set, but off set as well. So she had a miserable time making no, that's not so nice. that's, I didn't know. Yes. Yeah, so it, that just made it even harder to kind of take. Um, but once we get to kind of the parents revenge stuff, which is yeah. kind of 
what I loved about the remake because this the trailer of the people this that trailer for the remake is infamous that it literally gave away the whole twist that the parents get revenge and they show the parent they show the literally the final scene of what the father does to get revenge yeah, <laughs> yeah in the trailer for the new one so I knew there was you know me and my comeuppance I love a good kind of revenge get them kind of thing so that's why I really enjoyed the remake but I never had gone back because I just heard how brutal it was and it definitely was um, some really just tough situations and uh, these people are just kind of brutal and so um, I had read some interesting trivia as well where Wes Craven walked out of a screening of Reservoir Dogs and Quentin Tarantino was like so bewildered by that and he's like so the man who made the last house on the left walks out of reservoir dogs and he kind of his comeback to that was i was trying to portray the real kind of terror in 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 real to life violence yeah i was trying to show how brutal and terrible and awful and uh dehumanizing it can be meanwhile he felt like Tarantino was glorifying violence and glamorizing He's not violence. Wrong, is he really? So that was his comeback to Tarantino. Really, the man who made this violent movie is walking out of my violent movie. So that was kind of Tarantino's attitude. And so Wes Craven's comeback was like, I'm trying to show, you know, he is how, not wrong. How demoralizing and terrible violence can be. You're glorifying and glamorizing it. So that He's was not kind of wrong Wes at Craven's all. comeback. So I thought it was really interesting that he it walked is. out of that movie. Um, it is, but it makes and then it, it gave me more sense. insight. And then so once kind of hearing that, it made that movie me- make more. You know, it made yeah. me kind of understand it a little bit more. Because um, Last House on the Left is so brutally, such a, and so purely nasty. Yeah, it's such a heavy message movie. Yeah, you know, it is not. It's if it wasn't a. I mean, could you call it exploitative? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. But it's but... not exploitation in the sense of let's show the nastiest things possible for the sake just of for, showing for the, the nastiest sake of, things yeah, possible. Just for the shock factor. Yeah. So in, in a way, it's probably not exploitation because it's just a case of what you were able to actually do now in the early 70s making movies you know in america yeah um he's just taking advantage of that and showing the message that he wanted to show and showing the the horrendous real life nature of the world at that time which it kind of was um but the fact it's a revenge movie, I don't think revenge movies are exploitation movies because they have messages of, you know, kill the bad guys. Yeah. Messages of, you know, get rid of the bad guys. Rather than, as he would say about Tarantino, glorifying, glorifying the bad guys. It, there's, yeah. there's more. There's more sense of exploitation with something like Reservoir Dogs when I actually think about that quote now. Because you like those guys in Reservoir Dogs. You don't, you know, they're bad people, but you you don't think they're bad people. No, you You think they're really cool. You just think they're cool people. You know, he's cutting off his ear. What a fun thing to do. Unless they all end up dead, sure. But there's no, 
that's just kind of the way the story point pl- yeah, plans this out. Is, these than, are parents who yeah. know that these men br- brutalized their daughter and killed her. And that's their driving force to make these normal kind of seem people kind of go crazy yeah. and do things that they never would have expected to do out of just sheer, you know, these people deserve to die for what they did to our child, you know. It's very unusual from when you're more used to what Wes Craven became as a filmmaker, yeah. it's very yeah. unusual to go and watch Last House on the Left yes. and realize it's the well, same person making it. I'll just go into the second movie that I watched as well, just yeah. because it's it's later in his career, um, which is Red Eye with Rachel McAdams and okay. uh, uh, Killian Murphy. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm surprised I never saw this movie. It's kind of right up my alley. I think I had seen like bits and pieces, but I'd never really just sat and watched all of it all the way through. Um, so basically kind of like a thriller. Um, this girl, she's like a manager at a, of a hotel. She's managed, but she was out of town for a funeral. So she's flying back home from the funeral. Um, there's a, like a, a some kind of important... A political figure who always stays at the hotel he's always in the same room every time and uh she meets uh gillian murphy at the airport he seems like a nice guy she ends up sitting next to him on the plane and he ends up not being this nice guy he ends up you know forcing her to move this political figure to another room so that you know something can be done about him Okay. Um, so he needs her as the manager to call in to approve the room change and all of that. And if she doesn't do what he wants, then he has a man like watching her father. Um, oh, yes. Okay. Brian Cox and, you know, he'll kill her father if she doesn't do this. He just so every quietly intense, creepy person possible, <laughs> Killian Murphy and Brian Cox. Yes, I mean, but God. Brian Cox is a good guy. He's her dad. Um, so they're all, oh, and it, that, and it that takes, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and it, so it <laughs> what, takes place on this plane. Yes, right? So it takes place on this plane, so, like, she can't really do anything. She can't go anywhere. Right. You know, he threatens, you know, if I don't, you know, I can, with one word, I can tell this guy to kill your dad if you tell anybody, if you try to make a big scene on this plane so it's very kind of tense and isolating and like all the little things she tries to do to get word to somebody and he catches her every time and it's like oh my gosh what are you gonna do how are you gonna get out of this so very much a tense thriller but also he just peppers in a lot of kind of interesting character things um there'll be characters who have just a bit of a moment and you can still hear their dialogue as they're walking away just so you kind of get a full picture of the scene. Like this lady spills coffee on Rachel McAdams and she goes, as she's walking away, like we're not really focusing her on her anymore, but you can hear her still talking to her husband. She's like, I need another coffee. He's like, you drank it all already. And she's like, no, this lady over here is wearing it. Like you just hear this kind of commentary happening in the background. So the fact that he's just really trying to give this realism to this scene and flesh it out and, you know, make you feel like you're in kind of a familiar environment only for this kind of crazy kind of situation to happen. I would not want that 
to happen on a plane either. If somebody yeah. spilled a drink on me on a plane, I would. Well, be it wasn't furious. on a plane. It was before. It was before she got on the plane. Oh, still, okay. Yes. So, um, and then also just kind of like him being very charming, and she's kind of intrigued, and then it kind of takes this turn, um, and then yeah, just the tension of her trying to figure out ways to warn somebody but she can't and you know so so very much a great kind of tense movie okay um, yeah it's, you know very much of its era kind of you know um when is it i assume mid 2000 I, I think it's 2005 I yeah I, I i assumed it was around then so because... yeah a little bit kind of you know Sure. Silly kind of sure. execution of yes. of these these killers who want to kill the 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 political figure or whatever. You know, they're trying to shoot a bazooka at his hotel room. Of course, they are. you know, and you know, just kind of silly things like that. But you know, in terms of the tension and the performances and the electricity between these two characters, um, it's really much like how is she going to get out of the situation? What is she going to do? Oh my gosh! And just kind of the 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 claustrophobic nature of being on a plane and then this elevated situation. So while this could have been, I think, a much cornier movie in other hands, Wes Craven's direction really kind of elevates it a little bit and makes it feel a little bit more real in parts and um, makes it a little more interesting. So yeah, i I enjoyed Red Eye, and I enjoyed. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed last. You didn't hu- enjoy l- last. I didn't. I didn't enjoy it, but I could understand it a little bit more. Kind of, you appreciated in, it. Yes, I appreciated it for you know the first film he wrote, he directed it. What he was in, kind of knowing what he was trying to say, I understood him a little bit more as a filmmaker, and really found it interesting the evolution his career went, and just kind of remembering you know, that he kind of had notable things in like three major decades and more. And if you go into, you know, his final film, you know, the final oh, yeah. movie, and he did movies well into the 2000s as well, but like just kind of having defining styles yeah, real, of war real in the 70s, yeah. 70s, 80s, and 90s. Like, you know. It is, it is very, it is very uh, interesting to think about Wes Craven really as Arguably the most, um, or the the horror, the major horror director that was able to adapt the most yeah. to the era he was that making he was movies in. in. Yeah, uh, and and one who, like you said, defined many eras. Brutal seventies, grimy horror movies. You've got two of them from him: Last House on the Left and The Hills of Eyes. Yeah, great examples. High kind concept, of, kind high, of, high concept, creating this kind of memorable villain killer yeah. slasher. You know, yeah, in the eighties, yeah. not run down the street. Um, meta fun, kind of late nineties teen slasher. He's got the best one of them yeah. in screen. Even early nineties social horror. Yeah. You could make an argument of to which movie's better, that or Candyman. People Under the Stairs. Yeah. That's why I think they're such a great double feature. He is, he was a genius horror filmmaker. Yeah, he, he had was. something to say. He had a clear vision. He's um, completely he, different yes. to Cronenberg, who knows what he wants to make, 
and basically keeps making the same kind of thing. <laughs> yes. It just in slightly different ways. But He's even just very, very good at it. You go through his filmography and then you see this uh violin teacher movie. Oh, right. Music of the heart with Meryl yeah. Streep. <laughs> like what? Right. It's it very much a <laughs> Yes. It's very much a George Miller credit on his Yeah. <laughs> It really, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yes, but I love that. I love that he directed that movie. It's great. Um, <laughs> but you are you are entirely right in that. And, I, you know, I think I'm right when I say Cronenberg finds his style and sticks with it. Mm-hmm. And it has Definitely. kept sticking with it. I mean, even some of his more recent movies, they haven't been necessarily gory body horror, have they? But they've still been about kind of, breaking of human spirit yeah well what was and, the new one you watched <laughs> i think oh yes the new one for me the new one for me scanners i've never seen scanners yeah, before I scanners from i just know that one saying yeah that <laughs> if you haven't seen scanners and i haven't seen scanners either since you know before last night as of this recording yeah. um you just know it is the the one where the head explodes in the auditorium yeah yeah it's the movie where the head explodes in the auditorium mm-hmm. it is i don't think i like it as much as the other ones the fly the brood and videodrome which are the other movies of cronenberg that i have seen i haven't seen any others those are well these are the four that i have seen now um i did like it though okay i did like it though it's Again, you get in the concept of it's almost kind of a master race situation with the scanners themselves. Um, basically, the whole idea is that a, a scientist finds uh, an unknown scanner because all the scanners are registered kind of people. Like, here is a scanner. There's, all, there's about 230 scanners in the world. Yeah. Um, and all of them are kind of hit, you know, registered supposedly by this name, not nameless, but by this kind of corporation, yeah. scientific corporation who seem to be bigger than big, you know. Yeah. Um, so one of the scientists working there is Patrick McGowan, who is who's always nice and McGoohan. turns up, in, yes, who turns up in. <laughs> old British folk horror. I think Patrick McGowan is in Blood on Satan's Claw, which is a good movie from the early 70s. It's, it, alongside things like Witchfinder General, Blood on oh, Satan's okay. Claw is a good... Uh, you and your Witchfinder A good, good double feature with, with Witchfinder General. Patrick McGowan. <laughs> I think Patrick McGowan's in that. Um, but he's in, he's, in, he's in Scanners as well. He's our British leading man who's actually the supporting role who's but is the biggest name in the movie Um, again similar to the brood in that way but he finds a unregistered scanner a particularly powerful unregistered scanner because there's a particularly dangerous scanner out there who's going you know kind of getting this idea of it's almost a magneto idea of 
we are the future, not them. Yeah. <laughs> we are the future, Charles, not them. It's ex- it's kind of exactly yeah. that. Our villain yeah. in this, our our villain for, or I should say, who we think of our villain is in this movie, depending on who you believe. It is kind of a Magneto situation. Um, is very much Magneto like it. That's Michael Ironside. Oh, funnily, okay. strangely enough, Michael Ironside's in a movie, and he's the villain. Villain, what a surprise! Yeah, I know it's the theme today. Um, but he's 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 pretty good in the movie. He's very hey. very determined. Very, you know, brings the egotism. The intensity that you would assume Michael Ironside would bring, mm-hmm. but he is the one going. I am a powerful scanner. Scanners are the next stage of, of evolution. being, no. not necessarily evolution, because they're kind of manufactured. Just, you just have me thinking about X Men now. <laughs> no, I know, but scanners are. You come to learn that scanners have been manufactured, oh. and not in the way that the scanners themselves thought they were. So it's all there's all secrets going on. There's all twisty kind of happening. There's twisty turdies happening. There is the opposite of self-assuredness. They're all they're all really unsure of exactly who they are, exactly why they are scanners. But they're all humans. They're just able and scanning is basically powerful telekinesis. Okay. So it's it's can be reading people's minds it can be merging together a group's thoughts mm-hmm. and it can also be exploding people okay. if you do it intensely enough like michael ironside does in the most famous scene of that movie when he just kind of really focuses and you get this really very very annoying high-pitched tinnitus noise as well yeah. whenever somebody really intensely scans that I literally had to turn the volume down on the TV. It was so loud. It was really, you your head really, was going to explode. <laughs> really, really uncomfortable, high-pitched <laughs> ring yeah. that's just constant. Um, but, you know, builds builds yeah. you up to, to feel as, as you would expect to feel if you were being scammed. Yeah. Um, because you kind of you, your heart rate goes up, or, or somebody who's being scanned, their heart rate goes up. It can get really, really intense, and this is why this, you know, science corporation has to um, control the scanners or teach the scanners to control themselves because they they don't want them becoming dangerous. And this is yeah. Patrick McGowan who's, who's doing this, um, who finds this other scanner who's our lead kind of guy who's trying to figure out who. You know who exactly he is, yeah. Um, and he's sent on this mission to try and destroy Michael Ironside, but Michael Ironside's incredibly powerful as a scanner, and it's it's tough in that sense. But when certain reveals happen, and I think this is a movie that you don't want to know the reveals of before you see it. Ooh, okay. It's really really interesting. Um. But if you do, if you do think of it as like Michael Ironside is a Magneto figure in this movie, okay. I feel that's a really interesting way of of looking at looking it. And at I think it. it was obvious; it was obvious to me that that's how he was presented in this movie. But again, it is Cronenberg very much speaking to um, dehumanization. 
very much speaking to the kind of unnaturalness of certain things that humans do to themselves and you know humans in their natural state are good and once they try and get out of that once they develop out of that in however it may be turn you know try and play god as in seth brundle um you know try and create brood murderous children you should yeah that movie or in this movie try and become a powerful telekinetic then it's It's gonna bite you that's terrifying that's what's terrifying (laughs) yeah and it is it's it's really quite scary as well i'd say it's more of a sci-fi movie okay but it's certainly a a sci-fi horror there's certainly gore in this movie oh yeah well if there's, <laughs> everything yeah. that's why everyone knows that head blowing up scene there's <laughs> so well. there's real terror to the movie okay there's real terror to the movie i i did enjoy it i did enjoy it i probably have to sit with it slightly longer to appreciate it fully but when movies make you want to do that you feel like they've they've done a job so forgive me for waffling a little bit oh, too no, long no, as, no. as we've not ended up with a shorter <laughs> show now, unfortunately. We, we just get to talking. That's what the show's we about. It's just, you know, you like to go with where we meander. We just like to go with it. We do. We do. <laughs> but yeah, Scanners, watch Scanners nice. for the first time, um, which was very fun. It's Yay. very fun. It's fun watching a new movie from a director you feel like you kind of know pretty well. You know? Yeah. Like, I thought, and, oh, you know, oh, yeah, I'm well-versed with Wes Craven. And then I'm like, I've not seen The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, that's what I like. On the left. Oh, that's what gosh. I like to do with my Halloween seasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like to watch fairly notable movies that I, that I haven't watched before, rather yeah. than the old favorites. I'll watch some of the old favorites, but I will watch a good few a good few new movies again, new horror yeah. movies again. Yeah, it's great. Of which this was the first one of the. Uh, well, I suppose not because last week's Morgan hasn't seen, but the first older, real kind of seminal horror movie, which yeah. you, you feel like it kind of holds that place. Yes. Um. So I, I'm I'm happy nice. to have watched Scanners now. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, Janine, let us finish the episode as we always like to do with a little bit of fun and games because we do mm-hmm. have a quote game today. Yes. A quote quotes from our chosen director's movies. Don't yes, we? We do. <laughs> I think we have five each. Mm-hmm. And... Yes, which I feel like mine are gonna be so much easier than yours, considering I think I know maybe like five quotes. <laughs> movie so if it's not one of the ones i potentially know <laughs> and some of them are I ones think it that will be you just mentioned today so well yes well you usually win so if i win this quote game then it'll be satisfying for me won't yes, it but I'm sure we have five quotes each each from uh one of our chosen director's movies would you like to go first as you always like to do yes okay yes, First quote, which movie is it from? Long live the new flesh. I'm going to go with The Brood. 
it's Videodrome. It's the famous yeah. quote from Videodrome. Yeah, I, I am aware that he made that movie. I'm aware that that's where Video Drew got her name, but I've never seen it. <laughs> it is. It's. It's. It, it's the. It's the quote from Videodrome. Really. Uh, yes. Okay. All right. Welcome to prime time, bitch. Welcome to prime. <laughs> um, and that's a scream movie, but which scream movie is that? A scream movie? Welcome. Oh, I don't know. Scream two. Is it Scream 2? It's not Scream 2. No, this is actually probably one of the most famous lines from this franchise. And the one and only line Robert England ever ad-libbed from A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Oh, it's Dream Warriors. God, when he picks up the years. girl and smashes her in the TV, says yeah. it's fine time. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what? It's been years and years since I've watched Dream yeah. Warriors. <laughs> This is, this, is, this is bad. This is going to go well. Okay. Well, you might get this. You might get this. They're the children of her rage. <laughs> brood. That's from the brood. That's from the yes. brood. Okay. Uh, um, how can there be room on your joint for four letters? How can there be room? Oh, God. Abstract quotes. That's screen. I'm just going to guess screen. That's not screen. How can there be room on your joint for four letters? People get high in screen? Screen. Screen two. <laughs> A Nightmare on Elm Street. Is it? Yes. When she says joint, she's talking about. Well, that, yes. Oh. <laughs> okay. Why, why don't I know Nightmare? If you'd yeah, have said, this is not. God, I'd have got I think, that. I think you need to well, probably do this, <laughs> this Nightmare on Elm Street watch with me. Possibly. <laughs> not good with quotes, Janine. Um, I, I mean, you might know this. The ice is gonna break. Although if you're not familiar with the movie. Perhaps if I do a little bit of an impression. No, I yes. can't do an impression. I can't do an impression. I'm not very good. The ice is going to break. The ice is going to break. It's a little bit of an impression. The fly? Oh, it's the dead zone. Christopher oh. Walken says, The ice! It's gonna break and he shouts. Okay, it. now that I now I'm hearing it. Damn it. Yes. That's uh, the dead zone. Yeah. Stephen King's the dead zone. Uh now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should kill before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Well that's that's the that's the prayer. That's that's the that's 
That's and, and that's the prayer that people say. <laughs> but I don't think they say if I should no, kill, kill. before I should kill. Um. Oh. That might be people under the stairs. Is that people under the stairs? Yes, it is. Yeah, that comes from the girl, the, the, the girl from people under the stairs. Uh, I don't know. It just was like quotes from okay. the stairs. Because I haven't seen it in a while. So I'm like, I don't remember who says it. Might be, I don't know. I should have just given you one, two. Freddy's coming for you. You what should. Movie is that I'd from? know that. I'd know that one. But technically it's in like yeah. several movies. No, it's not Red Elm Street 4. Oh dear. Um, I've often thought there should be beauty contests for the insides of bodies. I nearly watched this movie as well. And I might watch this movie before this season is over for the first time. Oh man, well, I was going to say scanners, but <laughs> that you're talking, doing all this commentary. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I've often thought I've often thought there should be beauty contests for the insides of bodies. Which is a horrible thing to say. Yeah. Hmm. The only other movie of his I know that is not mentioned is a history of violence. I don't think that's it. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's uh it's from Dead Ringers. See, I don't even know what that is. 1988, Jeremy Irons plays twins. Oh. Twin gynecologists. One of them's confident and one of them's not, and there's murder. And seemingly they're insane because they talk about beauty contests for the insides of bodies. I'm feeling like all his leading men all have, like, the same weird energy right yeah because it's like what james woods was video drum right yes christopher goldblum walken iron jeremy irons like they all have a very unique weirdness about this is yeah and that's throughout the 80s that's that's very much 80s Mm -hmm. it's all 80s okay yeah that was dead ringers i like that quote though that's a really unsettling Mm -hmm. quote uh don't fuck with the original which one is it from <laughs> oh no oh um is is it from scream 4 yes yes it's from scream 4 damn it <laughs> um my last one okay. i've come here to say one magic word to you Cheeseburger. What? <laughs> Who would say such a thing? I've come to you to say one magic word to you. Cheeseburger. The fly. It is the fly, and it's definitely Goldblum. <laughs> yes, Jeff Goldblum. Very much. All right, final one. So Somebody... is that is that, is that the, the one you've got? Yeah. No, I got two. I got Did the Broods get... one. Oh, you did get the brood one, so that's two for you. What am I on? I got screen four. You got two as well. Oh, my 
Morgan could win it. Okay, so this is a question answer quote. So one character asks, what's your favorite scary movie? And the reply is, my life. Oh. Scream. Two. Scream three. No. <laughs> no. When Sydney asked that cop Kincaid, <laughs> oh. and, and his corny response is, my life. <laughs> oh, no. It's a tie. It's a draw. I know. Well, that's a win for me because you, you were so close because I saw your mouth go. <laughs> so, three. I was going to say three. Oh no! A tie for me is a win because you, I was like, he's gonna get it, and then you said two. Yeah. Oh dear. (laughs) Well, well, Jadine, we've had fun on today's episode. We always have fun (laughs) on episodes of Monday Madness. Tonal shifts are plenty on the episodes. Plenty as well. But uh, always a lot of fun. Forgive my voice today as well. I really hope my I'll I'll, I'll admit to you, my my throat's in a lot of pain right now. Oh, at the no. end of this, I'm, I, it's kind of hurting me. The walk-in did it, <laughs> possibly. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening and watching another episode of Monday Madness. We always have a blast here. It is not the only thing we have on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. Nor is it the only thing we have on this YouTube channel, though. On this YouTube channel that you can subscribe to. Ding your notification bells on for all the fun stuff we have here. There's watch-alongs. There's live discussions. There's movie collection videos. There's reviews. There's trailer reactions. And there is this every single Monday full video glory format of Monday Madness every single week on the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel. Um, The podcast feed, though, where we mainly live, it has to be said, you can find this show in audio format, as well as Morgan Hasn't Seen, every Wednesday, where we are talking horror comedies all throughout September. Um, On the main show, It's a Wonderful Podcast, every Friday, where we show love to older movies, we discover new older movies, uh, we celebrate them. It's always a fun time on there as well. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Amazon Music, and everywhere else. Janine, if people want to support us, what can they do? They can find us on Patreon. It's a Wonderful Podcast on patreon.com. Uh, we have some fun tiers over there. You get monthly artwork. You can vote in polls like the Nightmare on Elm Street poll I mentioned. Uh, I do some fun little videos kind of giving a breakdown of some of my artwork, early access to some of the videos that we have on the channel, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, so yeah, find us on Patreon. It's a Wonderful Podcast and find the tier that's right for you. Yes, there is also a donation link in the description if you would like to support us that way as well. Links to everything in the description. Of course, it's all been scrolling across the bottom of the screen if you are watching the episode. But we are on 
social medias as well, of course. Twitter at It's a Wonderful One for the show. I am on Twitter at the Purple Don with a three instead of the E in there because Janine. Three is a magic number. On Instagram at just the Purple Don. All your horror loving stuff is where. You can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, you can find that at our uh, Teespring shop. Just search It's a Wonderful Podcast on teespring.com. You can also see the link scrolling by if you are watching on the YouTubes. We have a lot of fun designs over there uh, of all of our shows. We also have some fun Stranger Things designs there, so check out our merch. Uh, and if you want to purchase any of my art in print form, as I am an artist, you can find it at my Big Cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. There we go. Horror directors, new discoveries, whole bunch of Disney craziness. We'll get into the rest of D23 next week. Don't you worry about that. And also, because the new king of England actually gets to choose his name, he doesn't actually have to go by Charles. Maybe we'll get King Aegon the Conqueror. I hope we do. I no, really I hope we that. do. I think that would be so hilarious. Oh my gosh. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. There's only one thing left to do. I think, Janine, would you like to do it in, in some sort of fun Disney impression? Maybe Mickey Mouse? I think I do a better Goofy, but... Oh, you do do a good Goofy. That's a good point. A very good Goofy. I don't know. I don't know if I can... Okay. <laughs> Three! <laughs> Two! <laughs> Now you're laughing, you're messing me up. I am laughing, yes. <laughs> yep. What? <laughs> Bye. Bye.